From COK Studios in Sam Sanders' sunroom, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutrock. On today's show, we'll consider a preview of President Trump's State of the Union Address. We'll also consider some new slang terms and phrases with the Kincaids in Consider the Source. And we'll consider if you can smell what The Rock is cooking. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Nutella. Making it okay to spread chocolate on toast for breakfast and not feel guilty about it. Nutella. It's European or something. And The Whelping Box. The monthly clothing and accessory club exclusively for dogs. Choose from designer brands like Abercrombie & Fetch, Ruff Lauren, and Puppy Gap. Keep what you like and send back what you don't. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. President Trump will deliver his first and hopefully only State of the Union address Tuesday night at the Capitol. Plans to move the speech to the 18th Green at the Mar-a-Lago golf course were overruled by Congress. The U.S. economy is humming, and President Trump will undoubtedly take credit when he delivers his address. But several looming problems are likely to overwhelm anything the president says. The Mueller investigation, charges of racism, the Stormy Daniels sex scandal, and another government shutdown are all distractions that threaten to further derail the Trump administration. What the focus of the speech will be is anybody's guess, because the policies Trump and the Republicans promote change almost daily. Can Trump use the speech as a reset button of sorts, or will it be a bunch of false claims and backpatting for what was a very underwhelming first year in office? The second one. Joining us to give us insights on what goes into a State of the Union address is former Clinton and Obama speechwriter Diane Majors. Glad to have you with us, Diane. Hi. Diane, you've worked on many State of the Unions. What is typically the goal with a speech like this? It's important to set an agenda for the year, while making sure people haven't forgotten what you've already accomplished. you got to remind people who's the boss. God, that show was so funny. Do you remember Do you remember that show with Tony, Tony, what's-his-face? Danza? Yes! Danza! God, thank you. Okay, so you want to strike a balance between a new agenda and highlighting past accomplishments. Exactly. Remember, remember when Obama referenced killing bin Laden in the first State of the Union after that? That was me. All 100% me. I see. Diane, what's in your cup? Schnapps. Are you drunk? No. Anyway, Trump will want to make sure he talks about what he did last year. So that should take like like a minute. And then he'll probably lie for like 20 minutes after that about the tax deal or the wall or being butt buddies with Vladimir Putin. Why are you drunk? It's nine in the morning. Bigger question, Cordell, why aren't you drunk? This is literally the only way I'll get through this speech tonight. It'll be so painful to see whatever prince of darkness, garbage, bleak, incoherent mess, pile of crap, crappy, dumb, racist, shithole rambling. What, what was I saying? So we're all supposed to get drunk. My professional advice as a speechwriter is to get one of these cups, 
fill it with schnapps and use it to dull the pain of what promises to be the Hindenburg Titanic Chernobyl of State of the Unions. These cups are the bomb, by the way. They keep your drink hot or or cold for like eight hours. Now let's turn to Representative Joseph Kennedy III from Massachusetts, who will give the Democratic response to Trump's speech. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Hey, Joe. 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 Hey, Joe. I'll probably be passed out by the time they get to you tonight, but don't worry. I'm totally TiVoing the whole thing. Thank you, Diane. What can we expect from your rebuttal tonight, Congressman? Well, like Diane was saying, I think the bar set by the president will be pretty low. So as long as I'm conscious and don't use ethnic slurs, I'll probably be fine. The Democrats just need to focus on not whiffing on all the easy pitches the Republicans and the president are giving us. Sometimes that's easier said than done. Oh, don't I know it. We Democrats could screw up a cup of coffee. I am just focused on showing the nation what we stand for and trying not to get any of the previous stink of Democratic failure on me. Woo! Yeah, Joe! Oh, shut up! Honestly, I'm just honored to be the one chosen with the task of not fumbling the ball at the goal line. You'd think there'd actually be less pressure, given what Trump is like, but we need to look good. There's no P-tapes of me out there, and I'm not a drunk like some other people in my family, Uncle Ted. And I believe in the working class of America. Plus, I'm a Kennedy. Remember when we were a big deal? Remember? Well, we're going to be a big deal again. Well, good luck, Representative Kennedy. Oh, just shut her mic off. That was speechwriter Diane Majors and Congressman Joseph Kennedy. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. New words and phrases come out all the time, and that's why we have Leslie and Constance Kincaid join us periodically. As COK's resident phraseologist, they share all the hot new terms with us and their origins in our Consider the Source series. Kincaid, it's good to see you. Likewise, Connor. Hello. What have you two been working on since we saw you last? Well, we took a well-deserved break over the holidays because we just finished a new book. Sexy slang. Hot, hot, hot phrases to use in the boudoir. It was a fun book to write. We had to do lots of research, if you know what I mean. I think I do, and that's gross. Constance can be quite a minx when she wants to be. I had to hide the Spanish fly from her. I kept slipping it into Leslie's tea. I thought that was a myth. Oh no, it's very real. Indeed. (laughs) Okay then. So what hopefully non-sexual words and phrases did you bring to share with our listeners today? Our first term is presidential dinner. This was coined by a Trump staffer in reference to the president's eating habits, which are appalling, I might add. A presidential dinner refers to taking a large amount of fast food home and eating it in bed before going to sleep. As in, I was really tired, so I decided to just go by the drive-thru and have a presidential dinner when I got home to my bed. That's a good one. Our next term is chankle. We heard this one from some ladies at a spa in Denver. A chankle is a woman's chubby ankle that is not quite a cankle yet. You might say it is a pre-cankle. Okay, I see. As in, my chankles won't fit in my ski boots anymore. So chankles lead to cankles then? I certainly hope not. 
Constance is a bit worried about her chankles. It runs in my family, sadly. You should have seen my Aunt Polly. Legs like an oak tree. Sometimes I still have nightmares of her stomping around the kitchen. Finally, we have another word that describes a body part. Badumpa-trump. This term refers to the enormous backside of an older man, similar to a badonkadonk. It refers specifically to the backside of President Donald Trump, who has a rather large posterior. Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's huge. As in, we have to purchase extra large adult diapers to fit Grandpa's Badumpa-Trump. It's probably from all those presidential dinners. Oh, I have no doubt. The Badumpa-Trump is giving serious fuel to the Goethe movement. Now explain that one to our listeners. Well, the Goethe movement is based around the belief that Donald Trump is actually much larger than the 239 pounds his doctor says he weighs. I count myself in their number. It's all right there in his Badumpa-Trump. Yes, I'm a Goethe as well. Me too. Well, thanks to both of you as always. We love getting all the new slang from you. It was our pleasure. That was Consider the Source. Now it's time for our weekly Big Little Wins, because every win is important, even the little ones. Congratulations to Damon Addison in Rochester, New York, who waited just long enough to shovel his front walkway after last week's snowstorm that his neighbor Bill ended up doing it for him. Sure, Bill is 74 and had triple bypass surgery last year, but you got to stay inside and keep watching Firefly for the 12th time. So that makes this a big little win. Our other big little win comes from Maggie Starks in Atlanta, who found her autographed photo of Brat Packer Andrew McCarthy from Pretty in Pink and showed it to her kids to prove that she was cool once upon a time. They didn't know who he was or think he was hot, but now you can look at Blaine McDonough every day while you're at work. So well done! If you or someone you know has a big little win, let us know by posting on our Facebook page or sending us a tweet. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. The podcast can be downloaded at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. If you'd like to make a contribution to Consider Our Knowledge so that we can keep this amazing NPR parody podcast coming your way, go to our website and click the Support COK button where you can make a 5 or $10 monthly donation via Patreon. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. It refers specifically to a backside. The backside. A backside. <laughs> One of the many backsides of backside's President Trump. Backside's back. All right. <laughs> <laughs>